Hello, welcome to the monthly Skill Bite Show, where we share information that is geared to helping you succeed in your business. This is Judy Weintraub, CEO of Skill Bites and host of this show. If you want to position yourself as an expert, one of the best ways to do that is to become a published author. Skillbytes author platform provides the easiest way to get a book written and published. Hi there. We have a special guest today, Carla Cherry. Carla runs the 10K Month Blueprint, a marketing boot camp that 10Xs your leads and polishes your online presence. Are you charging enough? Pitching yourself properly? Closing sales? While your brand gets a makeover, you'll clear roadblocks, restructure offerings, hit major goals, and close deals. Carla graduated from NYU and began her career in television. She exec produced a digital and TV show for host Larry King. Also the after show for the hit period drama Versailles on Netflix and created high performing marketing promos for companies like Comedy Central, Ovation TV and Participant Media. She now runs cherryproductions.co and empowers entrepreneurs with strategic marketing strategies to find and serve their clients with optimal impact. Carla, welcome. We are so glad to have you today on the Skillbite Show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Sure. Now, you've got a lot of interesting concepts that I want to have you explain, but just start off with maybe uh, something fairly simple. How do you distinguish sales from marketing? Great question. So I help, you know, mostly, most of the people that come to me, most entrepreneurs, and I would say 90% are coaches and consultants. Most of them think that they have a marketing problem. They think that that's the issue, that they need to market themselves better. Um, they need to get out there and polish their Instagram figure out LinkedIn. And while those are all really great things, um, what I have found working with, you know, dozens and dozens of entrepreneurs is it's not the marketing. You, you can have a beautiful website and it can literally sit there like a parking lot. If you don't know how to get sales and talk to people and become the salesperson for your company, you know, what your brand colors are, what your font, type is, it doesn't matter. To me, most people have a sales issue. I went to NYU and uh, studied the many, many business classes there at Stern School of Business. I almost got a minor, but I left a little early to go work for MTV. But what I learned was, um, you know, there was not one class there that was in sales. And sales has become a dirty word. People, you know, it's synonymous with um, a car salesman, right? Like it's a dirty word in our, in our zeitgeist. And it's so strange to me because, you know, you're selling from the age of four or even younger, like baby, you know, if you want a piece of candy, you're selling, you're figuring out how to get it from your mom. So we all are salespeople. We all, you know, do it unconsciously. Um, so why not figure out how to do it better for your business? And if you're a solopreneur, you're a new entrepreneur, 
it's a huge part of what you should be doing. A giant percentage of your time should be focused on sales. Great. So how do we do it better? Do you have some <laughs> really good tips for uh, how we can improve our salesmanship? Yeah. So, okay. Basically, it, you have to reverse engineer it, right? You have to go like five steps backwards um, before you can sell. The main thing that I tell people is um, you should be on fire for what you're selling, first of all, like absolutely on fire for it. And if you're not, then you need to make your product better, your offering better, right? Like it should be life changing. Now, if someone is a plumber and they come fix your toilet, that's going to change your life. So I, I don't mean like, you know, life changing, like you have to change everything in some, some huge way, but it is in some form or shape, it should be life changing. So if it's not, and you're not on fire for it, you need to make it better, right? So to me, it's about um, creating a power offer. And there are certain elements that need to, you need to take into account. One, you need to be able to um, really, really know your target. I believe in solving one major problem. You can solve a, you know, ancillary issues, but I think that you should be solving one major problem being the absolute best in it, right? Blow everybody else out of the water and make your offers irresistible to the fact, to the point where people are raising their hand to talk to you. That is how you become a better salesperson. Now, once you add um, the proper messaging and the proper um, pitch, now you're speaking with confidence and that makes you a better salesperson. So you go, you have to go backwards and start with the offer. Okay. So it sounds like you have to go back to what you love yes. and what can help people before you even get to your offer. Exactly. Right. And niching down. So it starts with niching down. So, you know, instead of casting a wide net and trying to catch everything in the sea, you want to go for your absolute favorite client, right? So you know, and also it's, it's either your favorite and or, okay, your favorite client or the person that you end up helping the most. So a really basic good exercise for doing that is to write down your top favorite clients and find out what they have in common, right? And it's really interesting. Like, I'll give you a good example. I have a client who's a financial planner and he used to work on Wall Street and you know, he said, I got tired of pushing Wall Street products and I wanted to go out on my own, right? Also financial planners have a ton of rules and regulations that they have to follow. And so he just, you know, he's older and he got tired of doing that. So he decided I'm going to do go out on my own. So he came to me because he was helping a lot of people, but it was, he was caught in that giving it away for free zone because everybody knows he can do it. So what we did is we figured out, okay, who are, who are you helping mostly? And it turns out it was mostly helping um, senior women whose husbands had passed away or, or close to passing away and they'd never touched a checkbook. And so those were the people coming to him. And so what we had to do honestly was get over the psychological hump that you're helping senior women. That's who you're helping you know, and that is sexy. And that is sexy because nobody else is doing it. And you're going to rock that market and you're going to be known for that. And then people are just going to flock to you. So then that's what happened. Okay. So you come up with this 
offer, yes. what makes it irresistible? So what makes it irresistible is, okay, that's your secret sauce. So that takes a minute to get to, right? So um, what makes an offer irresistible? I'll give you a really, I'll give you a good example. It's something that somebody has to have. Like, okay, here's an example. I had a client who does video production. Now we all know video is, is awesome for your website. You know, it, it builds like trust factor, you know, people can see you. It's great on many, many levels, right? But she was saying to me, I met her in a networking event and she was, her pitch was, you got to have video, videos, great. Video can help you, video ups your business sales, yada, yada. Not irresistible. Don't have to have it. It's like one of those add-ons that could be cool, but not irresistible. So what we did is we made it irresistible. So what you do have to have in video or what does jump up your sales is a video testimonial, right? So that is hardcore proof. Um, somebody else telling you, somebody else saying that your business changed your life is 10 times more powerful than you saying it, right? It just is. So what we put together for her irresistible offer was figuring out um, how to do, first of all, COVID hit. So how to do an, how to do an amazing testimonial over the computer, like putting that blueprint together and then coupling it with a piece of software that bumps it up to the front page of Google. So now she could send to her potential clients, hey, nice to meet you, check this out. Here are three of my clients who I did these videos for and here you can see them on the front page of Google. It's a no brainer. It's like have to have it because the thing that they're really, really looking for um, and I can talk about that with Mark, which is market, where you find this in market research is what are your clients deepest desires what do they want the absolute most right so for most entrepreneurs it's visibility how do i get more visible how do i get in front of more faces how do i get in front of more clients i need more chances you get in front of more people you get more leads right so everyone's deepest desire is visibility and their fear is that they are not going to do it right, that they're going to have to pay too much for it. Is it going to work? Everybody's been burned. So if you can give them an offer that says, hey, I'm meeting your deepest desire while quelling your absolute fear of, you know, having to pay for it or it's not going to work because here is proof, then you've got an irresistible offer. Okay. That sounds great. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your um, 10K month blueprint that 10Xs leads and polishes an online presence. That yeah, so really awesome program. Yeah, thank you. So, um, so basically, you know, I go through all these sort of like what we've been talking about today. We go through these steps. So. Um, that is my offer and I help you really polish your offer, right? And get more sales. Because at the end of the day, everybody just wants more clients. Um, so the exact process that we've been talking about, which is re reverse engineering your offer, um, I sit down with my clients and help them really niche down, get honest with who they wanna help, get honest about, because a lot of times it's really getting honest about what you really like to do. And then just having the courage to, to erase the other side, I call them side pieces that are you know draining your energy. So we work on niching down, we work on your offer, we work on your messaging, um, we work on your buyer's path. 
So buyer's path is my version of customer journey. If you are going to a networking event and you're handing out a card or you're visual, you know, going to a virtual event and sending your email through, you are going to have 10% chance that they're going to call you. You have to guide people from the moment you say hello. So your buyer's path is a custom path put together that is specifically for you and your business. And it puts you as the leader. Okay. Cause people want to be guided subconsciously. They feel way more safe with you. And, you know, people talk about the no like, and trust factor, but I talk about the safety factor. Like if you're guiding them all along um, on each step and you already have the path set out, right. Then you're going, okay, we're going to do this first. And then they feel safe. And then you say, here's our next move. And, you know, so, and if they want to continue along down the path with you, then they will, but you're guiding them all the way. So there's several steps that you, you have to go down before, you, you know, they sign on the dotted line. Um, and each one is calculated meticulously so that they feel safe. So we work on your buyer's path. Um, and then we also Just talk there a sec. I'm curious, what, how do you develop that buyer's path? It totally depends on your business. Okay. So take my business of book writing. Okay, book writing. So, well, where do you meet most of your clients? Uh, I meet most of my clients in a variety of set of sessions or settings. I get referrals. I meet them via LinkedIn, uh, networking, online networking functions. Okay. Um, those are three of many. Okay, so if you meet someone in a networking event, what? First of all, the first step is defining what you're doing now. So what are the first, what are the three steps that you are currently doing right now? If, let's just say we met at a networking event. What are your next three steps? Um, finding out if you have thought about writing a book. Okay. But how did, but, but how, like on a, we met, what would you do? How would we, how would you get to that conversation? Oh, you mean this is after we've met? Yeah. So we met at a networking event. Now what? Okay, so I would follow up with you to find out, did you enjoy the event? Is there anybody that, um, that you met at the event that you found really helpful for you? Is there anything I can do to help you? Okay, so I would, um, I would turn it around because that, to me, I would stick to their desire, right? So, in other words, you met at an event, and then for me, what I like to do is I like to set up, if possible, the meeting while at the event. And it's tricky because lots going on, right? People are all over the place. But that's my number one thing is I try to set up the like the next meeting right on the event. So I go, hey, how about Monday at one? So you can throw it out there. They can always say like, oh gosh, I need to check my schedule, which nine times out of 10, they probably will but you've already thrown out the hook, right? It's about getting confident about your life-changing offering, right? You know you could change that person's life, right? So automatically you put out a date. And then if they say they can't do that, then you go, oh, then we'll follow up. I'll follow up and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll polish it. Instead of like, because you're in the moment in a networking event and everybody's excited about it. And then as soon as you hang up, we've all forgotten who everybody is, right? So 
Now you go to the next step, which is following up, making sure you got the right date and time. Now you're on the date and time, right? And what I teach my clients is to have a very specific list of questions that you ask. And you also establish yourself as a leader in the call, right? Because there's different calls. There's, there, there are calls where, where I call um, power partner calls where you know we both have the same audience and we can help each other out with our audiences. That's a different complete situation. But if I'm trying to get you as a client, I'm gonna establish my, myself as a leader in the call, right? And I'm gonna say, these are the things that we're gonna discuss in the call automatically in the email. So then we get to the call, they're prepped. So it's all about framing. Everything's about framing. That okay. makes sense? It yeah. Does. yeah. Yeah. And then you also want to offer them, you, you want to say, okay, here's what we're going to do on the call. We're going to discuss X, Y, Z. And then that, you know, it takes a minute to put together what that is. And then you drop the line. And at the end of the call, I'm going to offer you some ways to work with me if it seems like a good fit. So it's all about framing and prepping, right? So like, you know, if you watch, if you pay attention to the news or you pay attention to movies, you know, you know how, and now this is kind of getting a little bit zooming out, but um, you'll see something in a movie and then you'll be like, oh, I saw that in a movie. Like all this COVID stuff, there's like 10 pandemic movies in Netflix right before it hit. So they were preparing us for a pandemic. I mean, so, you know, it's about psychology. So same thing in your business. You want to prepare people for things that are coming psychologically. Right. Yep. Okay, great. Now you also have a concept called resume mode yeah. and problem solving mode. Can you share what those are? Yeah, absolutely. So it's really interesting. We've come up through academia, everybody, the concept that you learn in academia all the way from kindergarten through college, master's degree, PhD, whatever, is to prepare yourself to be chosen, right? So, you know, when you're getting into even middle schools now, you have to have a resume at some, you know, private middle schools, like, well, I live in LA, so, you know, prepare for like the interview in middle school, wow. um, <laughs> which is crazy, but it's true. It's like, what's on your resume? Got to put it on your resume. How's your resume look? What's your resume look like? I mean, all the way up through school. And, um, uh, yeah, so we're mentally prepared that way, but we are going to be the, we're going to be selected and chosen. Well, I think that that, I like to flip that on its head. And what we were talking about before the interview is like a good example is a therapist, right? So um, if I have all my therapists and I have like a wall full of um, framed accolades and certificates, you know, are you going to choose me for that? Or would you choose me nine times out of 10 because your friend said, hey, go to Carla, she's a great therapist. Like the referral is 10 times more powerful than the framed certificate, right? So it's, and what is in that referral? The message is that she solved the problem, right? So really as an entrepreneur, your, your offering is solving a problem. So what I teach my clients is 
get out of the resume mode, you know, stop, you know, I, I cringe when I look at people's websites and it like goes all the way back to like, you know, I earned this thing in high school. It's like, who cares? You know, no one really cares. What I care about if I'm hiring you is, are you going to solve my problem? Have you done it before? Have you done it well? Can you prove that you've done it? Is it going to work? That's all I care about, right? And so you want to put that, you want to put that mentality in your potential clients, right? Like they just want to know that you can solve the problem. And so it's just so funny to me because a lot of people are so shy and they don't speak with confidence, right? Um, they just are like, pick me, pick me, it's resume mode. You know, no, I, you know, it's it's like, if I'm going to, um, if my car breaks down and I go to an auto mechanic, do I want the auto mechanic to be like, well, I think this is going to work. No, I want them to be like, this is your problem. I'm going to show it to you. Pop the hood. Here's where the issue is. This is what I'm going to do to fix it. You're going to be out of here in an hour and a half. Right. And I'm like, good. Here's my money. <laughs> right. So right. with entrepreneurs, I, I help my clients get more confidence. I help them get more confidence and, and, and we don't go through and do hypnotism or some kind of like affirmations. We go through and we work on what problem are you solving? How can we make it powerful? How can we make it rock star? How can we make it so irresistible that your clients are going to be raising their hands? Now we go on to the messaging and that's when the magic happens is when you can write it you know, choosing the words, it takes a minute. The pitch takes a minute. We work on that for a good minute because that's, that's the game changer. When you can write a pitch that effectively conveys your confidence and your problem solving skills of this specific problem for this specific niche down customer, then you have to go out and practice it. And then once you practice it, over and over again, and it really lands, right? It's kind of tricky at first, you got to practice it. But once it really lands, and then you get used to saying your pitch like a rock star, your confidence raises. And then all of a sudden you have like people coming to you because it, you know, it's subconsciously it gets conveyed. Right, yeah. It's, um, it's almost like an energy that is a magnet. Totally. 100%. Okay, awesome. How about other secrets for engaging clients, attracting clients, getting potential clients to raise their hands? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one big one I would say is speaking in their language. And that's the market research part. Um, in the beginning of working with my clients, we do a lot of market research and it makes such a huge, huge difference because you're mining for the answers when you do the market research. Um, you know, what I think about what my clients' biggest fears and desires are could be different than what they, when, what they're thinking about, you know, I have to get in touch with them. And when you're niching down to one specific target, it makes it easier because, you know, let's take the financial planner, for example, if he's trying to help a senior woman whose husband has just passed away, totally different client than the 30 year old who's trying to prepare for his wife, um, you know, security and future, complete different clients with complete different desires and fears 
and you're going to speak in a different language to these people, right? You're not, you're going to use entirely different words. And really what it comes down to, we communicate in language. So it's all about the words. So um, that is a huge piece of what I do is help my clients go. I have a very meticulous research process and um, we do that before we do anything because if we, if we're not choosing the right words, if we're not hitting the right, I call them buzzwords, if we're not utilizing the best buzzwords and that's for their fears and desires, hopes and wishes, but also to pump yourself up. Like, I don't know what happened with our culture, but everybody's so shy, you know, and they're so afraid to talk about how kick-ass they are. Like you got to be able to tell somebody if you're, if you're, you're the person talking about your business and you don't have a team of advertisers. <laughs> like you gotta be able to talk about yourself. Like you can do the job, you know what I mean? So, um, so we also mine for, you know, I start with like a brag sheet with my clients, like, okay, tell me what you've done. And sometimes I have to literally like pull it out of them. And it's so funny. They're like, you know, once we get talking, they're like, oh yeah, I'm on this board and I've done these amazing things, but they can't even say it, you know? So, um, and it is awkward talking about yourself. I mean, to be honest, it really is. So you have to really put forward, you know, I mean, I'll tell you, this is, I learned this years ago when I was working in television and, you know, I executive produced a show for Larry King, which is a big deal. And I was not even able to say that in the beginning. And this guy who, you know, he's, um, he's written for Star Trek and he's like one of my heroes and great friends. He just like took my face and was like, the first words out of your mouth should be Larry King in every conversation. And I was like, but then I sound like I'm bragging and it grows. And he was like, okay, no, <laughs> those should be the first words out of your mouth, every conversation you have. And then once I started doing that and I was pitching shows, you know, people are kind of zoned out and then they hear this buzzword and then they're locked in. I mean, you watch it happen. And so it's like, oh, it does work. And why the hell not say it? Like I did all that work, you know what I mean? <laughs> so you have to find out your own buzzwords. You have to, you know, that those are the pieces of the resume that should be in your pitch, but they have to be carefully chosen and you can't overdo it. Because if you're like, blah, 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 then people really tune out. So there's an art to dropping names or dropping um, results without sounding too arrogant it's a fine dance it's a fine line but you have to be able to put it in there because you know if you talk about like oh i can solve your problem and then way later down the line you mention what you did then you've already lost them well i'd like to go back to what you're talking about for the market research uh, yeah can you maybe run through your protocol for how somebody should conduct that market research yeah. So, okay. Well, I can't go through all of the things, the questions specifically, because it's like, um, it's a huge piece, but what I'll give you an example. So I have a client right now who, um, she does meditations for frontline workers, right? So she's putting together a portal for frontline workers, you know, essentially nurses who are overworked, overbooked, um, tired. And the, and so Okay, so that product, okay, is specifically for the nurses. However, are the nurses buying it? No, it's the hospital administrators, 
Okay. So she's got to market to the hospital administrators. So what does that mean? That means that you need to find out what is important to them, right? You've got to speak their language, right? Um, you've got to use their terminology. You've got to figure out what statistics matter to them. You've got to figure out what their pain points are, right? And you also need to learn how to speak to them. Now, if I were writing a skateboard company versus a hospital administrator, I'm talking in a different language. I'm going to sound hip and cool with the skateboarding company. With the hospital administrators, my I's better be dotted and my T's better be crossed and I better sound smart, but also money. They're concerned about money, right? If they spend money, are they going to get back? So certain things like that. So, so what do you do? You've got to get confident enough to reach out to hospital administrators and get on the phone with them and get the answers. So it starts with writing a, an absolute irresistible email. If you can't get through the gate with an irresistible email, then you're not going to get through the gate. So what does that mean? That means that you have to um, get right to the point. You have to um, build yourself up enough in a very brief amount of time that gets their attention. You have to get their attention. You have to wow people from the jump. Um, and then put it in a way that you're asking for their help and make sure that they, you, they know that you don't want anything from them that, except for their help. So, I mean, I have very like specific templates that I work with and work with my clients that I've worked on for years. And these are the same, you know, I started writing things like this when I was booking this show for Larry King. So it was an unknown show. Nobody had heard of it. It was Larry King, but nobody had heard of it. So I was writing to um, Hollywood agents and managers who are the toughest cookies to crack. Absolute toughest cookies. Like they don't have time for anybody. And so that's where I learned how to write irresistible emails. Okay, great. So how many market research um, calls or whatever would you recommend that somebody conduct? As much as many as possible. So I would say five to 10 minimum. Okay. Well, that's not that hard. No, but that's the minimum. I mean, you want to shoot for 10 and it takes time. It takes time and you have to be, you know, you have to um, be a little bit, you have to be consistent, persistent and getting the, getting them on the calendar, right? And not waste their time. You have to do it in a very, you know, specific way that but you know what, the, the interesting thing is, is most people at the heart, like at our very core as human beings, we want to help. And we want to, we want people to think we're smart. <laughs> yeah, people like to talk about themselves. So you're asking they love it. questions about uh, what are, what things do you like and what do you fear and stuff like that, then they like to talk about that. 
A hundred percent. They love to talk about themselves. A hundred percent. So, you know, if you can get in, get it in a way where if you can put it in such a way where you're like, I just want to get your, you know, I just want to learn more from you. People are like, oh, I'm smart. It's so funny. Like everybody wants everyone to think that they're smart. Do you have a recommendation for a an amount of time limited to 15 minutes or 20 minutes? I say 45 minutes. Okay. Now, if they say, honey, I don't have that kind of time, then we go down. But I like to say 45 minutes because um, you want to get in their head. Okay. I've done some market research and I've been telling people I just need 20 minutes of your time because almost everybody has 20 minutes. 45 minutes, they might say, I don't have 45 minutes. Well, if they say that, then you go, okay, we'll do 20. But most of the time, if they say yes to the 20 minutes, it goes. I'm blocking a half an hour for it because I think it's most likely it's going to go more than the 20 minutes once they get talking. 100%. And it always does. How is your market research going? Uh, it's it's actually going very well. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, Carla, thank you so much for being with us today. I know that um, you've got a lot on your plate, and I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. I, I understand that you have a special gift for the Skill Bites audience. Do you want to share that? Yes, I would love to. Um, so basically, my special gift to your audience is um, helping them with their power offers. So, you know, like we've been talking about, it all starts with your offer and <clears throat> making a powerful, irresistible offer for your clients. So if anybody's interested, they can email me. I'll give you the email and um, we can line up a call and I will go through their offer and hear the different um, attributes of it and um, and then make suggestions as to make it stronger. Um, that's my pleasure. Super. Excellent. Um, I think I have your email at cherryproductionsnc at gmail.com. Is that right? That's right. Super. Uh, but I understand you're going to be away for a little bit. So um, well, I'm going away, but I'm also working as a work trip, okay. so. All right, excellent. Again, thanks so much for sharing your expertise with us today. I loved it, thank you for having me.